I'm Coach Seb, and this is Running New Mexico. All right, my guest today is Chanel Benton. She is a runner in, here in Albuquerque. She's done 5K, half marathon, eight mile trail run, uh, stair challenge, and is currently moving up into some ultra running that we'll get into later. So thank you for joining me. Thank you for having me. Uh, my first question is, how did you get into running? When, well, I mean, I first got into running, I kind of have to backtrack a little bit because um, I didn't necessarily start with running outright. I had the goal of losing weight first. So in 2018, at the end of October, I had weight. I knew I'd gained. I mean, my whole life I was overweight and just just felt like I was just tired of being overweight and just felt like I needed to really take control of that. And so I went and I weighed myself and I weighed way higher than I wanted to weigh. And so I set the goal of losing 70 pounds within seven months. And so I did that November of 2018 and wanted to lose it by May. And so in the middle of that in February, I was asked by a friend to do a stair challenge for UNM to run the football stadium stairs. And so I started training for that. But when I started training, I thought, well, I'll go out. I'll go out and run like a mile and see how I go. And so I got, it was probably the beginning of February and I got all my stuff on. I was ready to go, walk down to the road. And I was super pumped to start. I mean, it was, I had already lost some weight by that point. And so, so I started, I started the run and it was, it was exciting and I felt good. And it was like the Rocky theme song going on. And it quickly went from Rocky theme song, like the dan da 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 to da 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 Like I quickly realized I was in horrible shape <laughs> and I maybe ran a half of a half of a mile and I felt like death and I thought, man, this is pretty sad. I mean, in the moment I thought like, how sad is it that somebody could be chasing me down with a knife and I would not have the endurance to run. And it's not like you can turn around and say like, you know, can we walk this out for five minutes so I can get my breath? Like, you know, <laughs> so I was like, okay, we need to, we need to work on this. And so I got into the gym I started on the stair machine with small goals of just doing it for 20 minutes. And then it was, okay, let go of the rails and then do it just with legs for 20 minutes. And then it was, okay, go for 45 minutes. And then it was just like progressively moving up to like speed weekly. And I wanted to do that stair challenge. I wanted to do it under 20 minutes. And so that was in mid-April that challenge was going to be on. And so... From there, I didn't really run too much. I started kind of running here and there on the treadmill, just 10 minutes. Still wasn't like great endurance wise. And then once I started 
really getting on the stair machine and knocking it out. I ran a little bit more and then the stair challenge came. I was at a decent weight by that point because it was April and I just loved the competitiveness of going into something like that. And I did the race. I did it under 20 minutes and it just, after I was done, I was kind of like, oh, well, that's, that's over. Like I spent two months, you know, training for something like that. And immediately I was like, what's next? And so the next morning I signed up for a 5k mountain run obstacle course that was going to be in August. And I just got right back in the gym the next day after that, after I signed up and started working on okay running for 20 minutes and then it was run three miles and then i worked up to five miles within a few weeks and then it was just i just found that every week i loved the push of just okay let's beat the previous week's time or just like how much can you sprint the last 10 minutes you know things like that and then that's really kind of where running just running started was i would say uh, June, beginning of June. And then I just, after that, it just lit the fire under me to just, oh, I just loved how hard it was. You know, every, every week I just tried to challenge myself more and more. And so, yeah, that's really where it started was, was this losing weight and a stair challenge and then just kind of going from there. And during this time, like, were you mostly training on your own or? Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's like, I don't really train I never have really trained with people in general. Like even when I started at home, I just started with a few weights and then I was like, you need to get your butt in the gym and start training harder. And and then started running outside a little bit more. And I just, I never needed the push to go with somebody else. I always had the drive to do it alone and to just, oh, it, it was, it's always been about pushing my own limits. So, yeah. So, yeah, I mainly train alone. It sounds like, you know, you talked about that drive, but it sounds like you've got a little competitive bug yeah. in you as well. <laughs> I don't know what you mean. Yeah, I definitely have. <laughs> I'm definitely competitive. I mean, it's it's uh, I've always been that way when it comes to sports or or anything like that. Um, it's it definitely drives me. But it's definitely something internal about pushing my own limits that has always fueled me and always pushed me to just go more and more each time. It's always within me that that comes from. So, And so that's interesting. You know, what were you doing kind of before running that helped kind of keep you competitive? And because it seems like you'll search out, like you said, things to keep you going and challenge yourself. So what were those things before mm -hmm. you were running and, and working out? Nothing. To be honest, I was doing nothing. I mean, for like I played, I mean, I'm in high school, I played volleyball and I enjoyed it and enjoyed the games and practice and all that. And then after that, I just didn't really do anything. I, I mean, I would go occasionally on hikes, but I didn't do anything. Like it really just kind of came from me just basically being tired of being fat basically it's kind of how I looked at like just that brutal honesty of just I was tired of just being overweight and feeling like I didn't have energy to do anything and so that's really kind of where it started from was just wanting to be 
better as a person, um, wanting to feel better and, and be more active. But really it was that stair challenge that got me back into wanting to be competitive and to just like focus on a goal and train, just training. I just loved training. You know, I still do. That, I mean, that's going to get you through a lot of days is that, that love for (laughs) for training. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I've been out there like running outside all the time now. I've been in 98 some degree weather to snowing and I can't see anything and running through all of it. I mean, in the coldest cold, I've been out there. I just love training. I mean, it's, there's just something about having a few months of just focusing on something and just going all out. I just absolutely love it. I just having a goal and to just each week push yourself a little bit more and a little bit more. I just love it. It's really what it it makes me sad because I'm already considering like how this goes from here after this 50 mile race I'm about to do. I keep thinking like, okay, what's my next, what's my next thing? But just, I just enjoy the training. Like I'm already trying to navigate after this, like, where do I go? I think I just have to set goal. I just enjoy the goal. It just, I just something, just something that really pushes me. And I really enjoy that. That's great. You know, I've talked to a few people who have, you know, just kind of started running or picking it up again, you know, relatively recently. And I mean, you've really only been running for just over a year, which is pretty much it. Yeah. That's crazy. And, and, and you've already done an ultra you're, you're going to do another one here soon. Like things, uh, shot up very quickly. I literally went from zero to 60. (laughs) Like I didn't, I didn't hesitate ever. Like I, that's one thing, you know, people ask me that a lot now and they say, well, how long have you been running? You know, have you been doing, you must've been doing this for a long time. And I'm like, not really, you know, I just kind of, loved every week just going up a little bit more pushing myself a little bit more okay what's next what's next you know and I kind of think I start thinking about like when when am I going to be satisfied when am I gonna hit that point where I'm like you know I don't think I'm really going to hit that point because I think I'll always want to either be faster or do a harder course you know or or I contemplate doing a hundred miler myself I mean, you figure, yeah, I started June of 2019 running just three to five miles on a treadmill to now I'm training for 50 miles a little over a year later. Um, I just love it. It's just something that has completely changed my life. And I just really hope to excel. I figure I've got one shot with this. What can I do with it? And so that's how I've always really looked at it. It's just like, you can push your own limits. Don't be afraid. You know, just go for it. What's what's the worst that's going to happen? I mean, are you going to, I mean, at some point I will fail. At some point right. I will not complete a race. I will DNF like I, something will happen, but I would rather give it 110% than never try, than never go for it. I would always rather go for it and fail than to have never tried it all. So that's kind of how I look at it. Well, and you went through something kind of similar to that because this this 50 mile challenge you had originally planned to do sooner. Yes. 
and yeah. then you got injured. <laughs> I did. <laughs> See, that was a little bit after the when when the 50k was wrapping up in May. I had decided, I think in April, that I wanted to run 50 miles just to see if I could. Like, I, since races aren't happening right now, you know, I knew my the likelihood of me finding an actual race to run 50 miles this year was just pretty slim. And so, without really traveling out of state. And so, I just really just wanted to see if I could. And But unfortunately, when the 50K ended, I didn't really give myself any break. I just wanted to keep running. I was enjoying running the big miles. And when I started, when I picked the original date for this 50 miler, it was supposed to be at the end of October and I needed to get started at the end of June. You figure I ran the 50 K Memorial weekend. And so I really didn't give my body a chance to kind of heal up and, and rest. And so I went straight into training and I had already had injuries from the 50 K going into this. But, you know, when I started the 50 K, I had the mentality of the whole time. of Like, even if I got injured, I would be like, it's fine. Just take a day or two. Like should get out there and grind. Like it's not a big deal. You know, you kind of had that mindset of just, you think you're invincible and that you can just run through it and not take the time. And I didn't take the time and I learned the hard way for sure that sometimes you really do need to take a step back. You really need to assess and figure out, is this something you can like kind of run through or is this something you need to take a week or two? And I didn't take a week or two at first. And yeah, I think it was what in July I had, I was running up like above Spain and the trails and I had that upper leg, right leg injury and I was really fighting through it. And I mean, I put my body through some stuff. And I was just finding I was going out on these long runs for these training runs already. And I was really fighting through the pain. I wasn't sleeping at night. I would even just turning over. I was waking up because I was in so much pain and I wasn't getting sleep at all. And I just thought, okay, you know, I talked to my training partner about it. And he was like, I really think you need to take a week or two and kind of like just take a step back. And at the time, you know, you're just like, it's like murder. You're like, what do you mean? I have to take time off. Like, I don't want to take time off. And so I did. I took a week. And then I think I went back. I think I even took another week, which I, it was the first time I had actually had the patience to take some time off of an injury. And so I went back, but I, I did a pretty big run right off the bat, which again was a learn the hard way experience. And running up on hills, my calf just tightened up, right? I think I was on the side. I had a, I had a huge knot on the side of my calf and it just tightened up my whole calf and it felt like I was about to pull something. And I think you even said like, you know, do some stretches, kind of back off. And, um, and then when I did that 18 mile run, I was on a Tuesday and cause I was going to be out of town the next weekend. And right away, I mean, I was just on flat. It wasn't even like I was on hills or anything like that. I was by the river on trail and I went to, went to run and immediately like five steps in the calf, just immediate pain. And I stopped and I stretched and just ran through it, you know, but I I found that whole next week I couldn't run. It was something I couldn't run through. And so it 
it pretty much devastated me to have to change this whole 50 mile race, but I figured things happen for a reason and whether it's to be better or faster or things just happen for a reason. It just wasn't my time to do it. And so I just had to take a little time. I took like a month off and just got right back to it. And I mean, I'm grateful. I'm grateful I did. It was definitely a lesson learned. I think I needed to realize about injuries, when to step back and when to know like it's something you can kind of get through. It's, it's all of this is always a learning process. I feel like I'm always learning new things or about everything all around. Well, I think, you know, being so new to running, you know, yeah. a lot of people run into run into those things and they yeah. run through injuries when they're not supposed to. And yeah, you, you just get cocky. You just yeah. think like, oh, I'm fine. Like, I, I can do this. Yeah, it was totally, you know, cockiness and feeling like you could just get through it. But it's if you're going to do it for a while, you definitely need to know when to step back. Right. The The learning curve is is steep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm getting there. It's still struggle for me. And since you are so new to this, but you, you've already kind of moved into this idea of ultra running and you got this 50 mile challenge. And do you consider yourself a runner? Yeah. I mean, it, it's a tough question. I mean, it's like I'm out there. So I suppose so. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's not like, it's kind of odd for me because it's not like I ran in high school, you know, I got started way later in life. So yeah, I definitely consider myself a runner for sure. Good. I, I think, you know, it can, it can alternate when people come into the sport between feeling confident in what they're doing and, or, or not. And, yeah, you know, I think if you're out there, like you said, you're, you're out there, you're doing it. So. Yeah. You're running. You're a runner. <laughs> I'm I'm out there. I mean, I, I'm out there a lot of days. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I better be. I mean, at this point. <laughs> no, <I'm> yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, when you first kind of started and you were just, you know, doing a lot of stuff in the gym and you were on the, you know, the stair climber, doing a little bit on the treadmill, were you like listening to music to kind of help getting you through all of that? Yeah, for sure. Like at the time I, when I started in the gym on the stairs, I would listen to music. Uh, I mean, I'm always listening to music. Music is a huge part of like my daily, my daily life. I mean, I, I'm always, I always have my AirPods in listening to something, but yeah, when I went into the gym, I'd listen to stuff and just get myself pumped up. Or even when I did start running, you know, I'd make playlists or just, you know, randomly, whatever I'd listen to at the time. And, and then it wasn't, and then, and then when I trained for the half, for the Duke City half, I would listen to like one earbud, like while I ran. And then after that, Noah, who's, who's doing the 18 milers, who's pacing me for this, he had brought up, I think it was David Goggins who runs without music and, just making it harder for yourself. And so at first, when he first brought that up, uh, I was like, you're crazy. You know, like I'm not, I need the music. What do you mean? Make it, it's already hard. Like, what do you mean? Make it harder. And so <laughs> I quickly was like, all right, let's do it. And so, yeah, I cut it. I cut listening to music, uh, December last year. 
and I pretty much don't train with it occasionally now during this one, like on weekday runs, I will sometimes, but on long runs, never. I just don't, I feel like that's when you really need to think about like what your body's doing and, and all that. So yeah, I, I choose not to listen to music now just as an added challenge. But when I do sometimes listen, it's kind of nice, but I, I think it's good to just take that away and kind of a comfort thing you know because it's it can get you pumped up but when you take that away it's definitely a challenge so and I enjoy that I enjoy kind of just being able to go out and just listening listening to my surroundings or to know if mountain bikers are coming because you know how that goes <laughs> yeah that's I was going to ask you, you know, if they had <laughs> any ask me how I feel about mountain bikers <laughs> <laughs> go ahead you can ask I, I wasn't going to ask about that. I was going to. Okay. <laughs> you know how I feel. <laughs> I do. Um, I, I was actually curious about, you know, because you are out there in the trails and you are running alone a lot of times, you know, if, if it was ever like a safety uh, reason as well. Like, what do you mean just going and, and just having, am I ever worried about it? Yeah, like being, you know, because... I just, unfortunately, the the, the society right. we live in. <laughs> exactly. I <laughs> mean, I've had a wondering. couple experiences, but it's not like overall as a whole up there. What's odd is up there in the foothills. I never really feel threatened or, I mean, I've had a couple of things happen, but nothing really um, super crazy. Um, I had one time where I, I thought a guy was, was following me up copper when I was doing a weekday run and I was just, I mean, as a female, you're just more aware in general, but um, right. I never really worry about it. I think I'm more worried about when I go out like in the dark, more worried about like what my surroundings are, but like as a whole, no, because and really I don't see too many females up. I mean, they're out there, you know, up in the foothills, but um, as a whole, I primarily see men. I mean, it's, just how it goes but no I don't I don't really feel threatened and even when I've run like on top of the mountain I'm all just for like getting out there and just doing it I, I try not to like let my mind wander there too much because it could happen anywhere really right well that's you talked about you know feeling like a guy was following you up on copper but you had another yeah. experience I felt like it wasn't too long ago where I think you were at the top of the mountain and you're pretty sure a bear was nearby right oh yeah <laughs> yeah I was so excited for this run so this was when I first started training for the 50 I wanted to run Southcrest it was just kind of one of those bucket list things and so I went up I think it was July and I went up super early I just wanted to get started I mean I knew it was going to be a long day and so I went up I drove up really early and, and like I said, as a female, you're always out on the trail. You're just always kind of aware of your surroundings anyways. And, and so I went up, I started and I was having the best time. I mean, it was beautiful. It was warm, nice day. And so I started and I got to the ski lodge and I was probably uh, maybe a half mile from there. And I was I, like, it was right before the switchback part right there. And so I was running down and I saw like fresh droppings and 
I mean, the size of the droppings, it's not like that's you. It's a bear. (laughs) It's not like anything is going to make something that kind of size. And so I just became very aware of like what was around me. It didn't scare me. I just was aware. And then like probably 20 steps farther, right at the end of the first switch back, there's a little ledge and there were some tall bushes and I heard something over there. And I, it just made me stop. And it was the first time. I mean, I've run on these trails plenty of times. It's not like I get scared. I'm not afraid to be out there. And I just got this gut feeling of, you know, what. It was something big. Like it, it wasn't like it was something small. And so I immediately started taking steps back and looking around like what I could grab. And I just stood there for a second And then I started to try to go down again and the rustling started happening and I just backed way up. I pulled my knife and was looking for a rock, of course, to like in Kate, because I was like, if this thing comes out, if I'm going down, I'm going to go down with fight, you know? And, and so I was looking for a rock and unfortunately like all the rocks that were big enough were like in the dirt. And so (laughs) it's not like I had easy access to like, like, hold on hold on bear. Like, let me get this rock out of the dirt, you know, if it was a bear. And so I just really started backing up and and I stood there and I just looked and the the rustling stopped and I just couldn't shake the feeling like it just, I had never experienced that on, on any run before. And so I started to go again and I just couldn't, just something just told me just do not go because I needed to go down there to cut back. And so I quickly looked down the mountain and saw the trail and I was like, screw this. And so I just went and just cut down to the trail below. And I kept looking back, kept looking back. And I didn't see anything, but just the feeling I got from it. I mean, it was something big. It was definitely not, you know, like deer. Because I thought if it was a deer, it might have just run off or whatever. But It was not. And so it took me about a half mile to just stop looking back or just to shake that feeling. And um, I mean, after that, the run was amazing, (laughs) but it was just like, I just kind of feared for my life there for like five, 10 minutes, you know, and then I was fine. But yeah, it was pretty, it was pretty scary. I've had some incidents, you know, like my run girls wanted me to bring up like the leg I found on the trail here a couple of months ago when I was doing another run, the deer leg. Oh, I and saw that on Instagram. Yeah. I had, uh, I got that headlamp, the new headlamp. And, and so I wanted, I've just had some incident. It's not like I felt like I was going to die or anything. It was just, I went out for, to test it out for the first time in the morning and, and just kind of get used to it up above Spain. And it was, I was not even half a mile and I kind of took a double take and yeah, just a random deer leg on the trail. And it was just like, oh, okay, we're, we're on this level. You know, it's not like I thought like a mountain lion was going to jump out and attack me, but you're just always aware of things like that, you know, or like the second night run I did or in the morning, you know, I had those eyes on the mountain looking at me and I was like, you know, it's just more, you just don't know what it is. So, you know, it's pitch black. So it's just you're just more aware of your surroundings, but luckily everybody's been like, you're going to, you're going to die out there. You're going to be on a crime podcast. And luckily, so you saved me. Cause now I'm on a, I've made it on a regular 
podcast <laughs> before a crime podcast. So goals, you know? Yeah. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, it's adventurous. I love it. I mean, it's like it's never a dull moment. I absolutely love it. <laughs> Keeps me I, on my toes. I It's definitely unique. Uh, you know, the people I talk to who do, you know, trail running and stuff that just you know, it's just a little bit different than, than running it in the is. city for sure. <laughs> yeah. And when you're out there at night, like I've talked to a couple of friends and people and they're like, just don't go up in the mountain, you know, at night. And so, yeah, I mean, life's too short. I'm not going to sit there and, and worry about, you know, being taken. If I, if I get taken out on the trail, I get taken out. That's just how it goes. Like if that's how I go out, that's how I go out. Like I'm not going to sit there and be like, you know, oh, I can't go, you know, so I just go. I never, I'm never worried about like being really attacked on the trails. Um, let's right. hope that doesn't change. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> let's hope I didn't just like screw that up. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hopefully there's no jinxes at work now. Yeah. So. Let's, let's hope I didn't screw that up. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, I'm going to go back for, a second you know you've okay. you've upped your mileage you you're yep. you're doing all this you're trying to uh you know be ready to run 50 miles here uh next month i believe yeah december 19th december 19th it'll be nice and cold <laughs> i know i know That's, i'm not too excited about that part but daytime will be great yeah daytime should be morning perfect. will be terrible <laughs> and so you're a ceramist you make teeth right yes and so one how did you get into that so it's a family business uh, my dad opened the lab we have uh, back in 82 and when I was in high school my sister brought it up to me to work there like after high school uh, until I figured out what I wanted to do and I was like I don't want to work there like and so I did, I, <laughs> I surrendered and I did, but I worked in the back. I worked on uh, pouring models up and things like that uh, for a few years. And then I moved up to the front doing the porcelain work, what I do now. And I've always been really a creative person. Um, I like working with my hands and, and making things. I'm pretty good with art stuff. And so I just found it was kind of like another outlet for that. Cause it's a pretty unique job. I mean, I don't, I've never met another ceramist um, out of all the years I've done it now. I've never spoken with somebody else um, who's done that. And so it's pretty, it's pretty cool. It's pretty unique. I really love my job. I mean, not every day can you say like, I mean, I've never met somebody else who's like, yeah, I make teeth too. I mean, it's, yeah. you have to know, I mean, I get patients in there that, you know, they're like, wow, you're an artist. And it's pretty cool that people think what I do is, is something like that. But um I mean, I make teeth. I literally have brushes and porcelain powders and I have my ovens and I fire them and shape them and pretty much color them in. And, and occasionally I get patients that come in if the doctor can't pick the shade and they send them to me and and uh, people don't realize how many colors in their teeth they have. And so, I mean, you have anything from blues, purples, reds, you know, oranges, browns, grays. A number of colors that are in your teeth and um so it definitely takes a, a while to pick that up but i picked it up fairly quickly and 
yeah, it's just it's just another creative thing I enjoy doing. So well, it is definitely unique. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. It's not it's not an everyday normal job, yeah. And so I'm I'm assuming your hours with that are are pretty standard though, right? Yeah, like I get out a little earlier since we normally work till like we go in early and then we normally leave around one. I mean, on the occasion I have to work late. So really having the afternoons to go run, I'm fortunate that I'm able to go and because I do have the afternoons free. You know, that will be an interesting change whenever that ends to go have a full-time job to training for ultras. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's, that was kind of my question is because I know you've, you've been doing some two a days mm -hmm. um, here and there. And so how have you worked that around? Or are you doing those mostly on the weekends? I'm just doing mostly those on the weekends um, for like the long runs. I'm able to, cause the weekday runs right now are 10, 12 miles. So it's not anything too crazy. I mean, I could break it into two, two a days for those, but really I'm able to knock those out fine. It's just like those runs where you've got well, and that was another thing, like when I came back from the two injuries, Noah and I worked on a plan that um, that to, to we were just trying to get me to this goal and work on not being injured, because that's always a thing you're risking anyways. But um, so really, we put those in there just to keep injuries at bay. And so I only had a few, really. I had, I think it was like the 20 miler, and then I did a 22 miler where I we broke those up into two-a-day runs the only complaint I have about the two-a-day runs is um like you have to put on a whole new set of clothes <laughs> you know you gotta put you gotta get ready all over again but really overall it's been it's been pretty good I've I like I I can't complain about it overall that's good and you know I've noticed that you've done you know on your Instagram you you've been doing like some yoga and is yeah. that kind of for kind of some strength training to help prevent the injuries or was this something you were doing beforehand? Yeah, when I when I started the half marathon, I can't I, th I think it was like two weeks before the half marathon, I was feeling pretty worn out by that point, you know, because you're always just pushing and I was um, I was just worn out. And so Noah had actually recommended doing some yoga and and so I went to a class and and um from there I just found that it just calmed me down a little bit and I enjoyed the stretching and I realized how crucial stretching is for running in general and so really just kind of spiraled from there and then I just started wanting to work on like flexibility things and just again goals to um like certain poses to get down you know, because some of those take forever, you know, to you know, stretch every, like certain ways every day. And so I found and, and just really for ultra running, I have found that stretching is such a massive um, thing for it that you really need. You really need to take the time to stretch. And so that's really why I've stuck with it. Um, I do it pretty much every day. So that's kind of how that started. You've mentioned Noah a couple of times and you know, I know he's helped you through this and, and creating a plan and, you know, really just, I think, keeping you mentally. <laughs> um, yeah, he's. 
ready, you know, when you when you've had these ups and downs. Um, how, how did you meet him? How did he start helping you through this? So he's been a friend for a long time and in uh, a group of friends that we run with. And so it, he started doing his own challenges. Like last year he was doing like Spartan races and stuff. And then I, I was training for the half. And then he got word from his wife that I was doing the half. And so he asked if he could join and so I was like, yeah. And so we started training on our long runs, like two months out from it. And I remember being really nervous the first run just because I hadn't trained with anybody at that point. And so I was kind of nervous to kind of see how that was going to go. And I'm a female, you know, and, and he, um, he's a lot taller than I am. <laughs> and so <laughs> I knew he would be fast. And, and so we went out the first run and... I was like mentally prepared to like, and I always push as hard as possible anyways, but I was prepared to really knock it out and he wasn't feeling well on that run. And, um, I did really well. And so I, I got up that little confidence boost that like, Oh yeah, you know, I'm, I'm doing pretty good. And then the next run, the next weekend, he just like wrecked me. I mean, he, he <laughs> pushed me pretty hard on that next run and he was feeling fine at that point. But he just kind of always pushed me during half training, especially to it, it just always to my max. And I just really enjoyed that. Like it was just always because because that's one thing, like when I run and stuff, I don't really want to talk. Um, I just want to go out there and work. And so he kind of had the same mentality. And so we would just go out and just run as hard as possible. And um, but he just always pushed me. And so we did the half, but we ran our own race. We've always had the. Like that's always been a thing between us is to run our own race in the end. And so we did that. We did the half. And then we he talked me into doing the 50. Well, he didn't talk me into doing the 50K. He was going to do the 50K in Hamas in May. And we went to breakfast one day after a training run for the half. And he told me about it. And he told me I should do the 15 miler in Hamas. And so because I was already training at that point at the end of last year. And so... I decided we had, we were going to sign up for Hamas January 1st was open registration. And so we were going to sign up and I decided the night before that I was moving up to the 50 K. And um, again, I just didn't want to stay where I was. I just wanted to move up. I wanted to really test myself. And so I didn't sleep. And I, I just, that morning I was like, I'm just going to go out and do it. And so we did the 50 K. Unfortunately it got canceled, you know, up in Hamas, but we ran it here. We kept training and then we made our own course here. Um, so we did that together. And then at the end of the 50 K, he knew I was doing the 50, I was going to do the 50 miler. And, you know, I had already knew he was going to be the one to pace me anyways. And so, um, I pretty much told him he didn't have a choice. <laughs> I was like, it's, you're, you're going to be pacing me. That's just how it goes. And, and so, um, but I never had to worry about him. Like even now, like I know he'll train and I don't have to like babysit him and he'll go out and work. And so, yeah, he's going to be pacing me the last 18 of, um, of this. And, and yeah, he just helped me get refocused. Like when I had those two bad injuries, um, I knew I was a wreck. I mean, I was just, I felt like, things had just kind of crumbled in on me. And so 
Um, I reached out to him and I, I was, I was kind of a hot mess and, and I was like, I'm not sure what to do. And, and he really kind of got me refocused and got the training plan and just kind of checked in on me. And, and so he's just a really good friend. And, and so, yeah, I mean, but anytime we're out there, he's always pushing me. Um, I wouldn't say to my max at times. Yes. <laughs> um, but he's been, he's been great. I mean, I'm very thankful for him um, because really he's the one that got me started in the ultra. And so um, it's kind of, and it's kind of cool too, because it's, you know, when you go into ultras, it's a whole new ball game as far as like pain level and nutrition and you're out there for hours. And so to have a friend that you can kind of chat with that with who understands, it has been really nice. It's been um, nice to actually like communicate that with somebody who gets it. So, I mean, he's been out there, he knows that kind of pain level it takes. So it absolutely does help to have that support and knowing yeah, that, yeah, that someone has your back and, yeah. and has been through it. So, well, and he's seen me like at my best and my worst, like he, he's, we've run, we don't get to run together a whole lot, but he's seen me when I'm doing great and he's seen me when I feel like complete crap. And so I, when I picked him to pace me, I knew it was a good option anyways, because he would be able to know kind of where, what I needed depending on how I was doing. And, and so, and, and when I finished the 50 K, you know, I was pretty shot and I, and then when I was like, well, I'm going to add 20 more miles, you know, <laughs> you know, it's just, it's nice to know that I can trust him in getting me, helping me get through the, like the last 18 when I'm not quite sure how I'm going to feel. That's been on my mind a lot lately is how I'm going to feel those last 18, but just, I don't know, to just help me get through it and, and when he needs to push me and when he needs to be like, let's walk for a little bit or let's, let's kind of take a break. You know, we've talked a lot kind of around the 50 miler coming up and, and you had this idea for, for a while of something that, that you wanted to, to test yourself with, but you also made a decision to use it as an opportunity to fundraise. Yes. And yeah, so my best friend Courtney, she has MS. And so I when I had originally started to get the idea together to run 50 miles, that was back in April. And then when I started training uh, just a week or two in, she had a bad relapse. She was first diagnosed in 2017 um, with MS. And she's done, her attitude with it is amazing. And she'd done okay. And then she had a really bad relapse this year where she lost a lot of feeling in her body pretty much from her neck down. And, um, I just felt she caught, I spoke with her on the phone and she was telling me kind of what she was going through. I mean, we take for granted as runners or just as in general as people, things like that, like having feeling in your hands or just being able to go out for a run or or things like that. And it's not that she can't, but it's just when you can't have feeling in your hands, when you're dropping things, you know, I can't imagine what that's like. And so I, we got off the phone after she explained kind of what she was going through. And I just, you know, she's my best friend. And so I just wanted to help somehow. And I didn't know how to help her 
and it's something she has to live with and she, she handles it well. And so I just didn't know how to help. And so the next morning at work, I started doing some research. I had a little break and, and so I started doing some research online and I stumbled right away across the MS Society's website where they said you can create your own fundraiser basically. And um, you create a webpage and, and basically I could do this run, my 50 mile run for her. And so I immediately was like, this is something I want to do. I reached out, I texted her. Well, and I, I reached out to her because I wasn't sure if this was something she wanted me to do because it's something, you know, it's private and she's a pretty private person. And, and I didn't want to like invade that. And so I reached out and, and immediately she was on board and she was like, I think it's a great idea. And so I, I just went in feet first. I mean, I just was like, I want to do this for you. I want to run this for you. I want to try to raise some money. You know, and so that's kind of how that got started. And and so it was nice to put really a cause and meaning behind running 50 miles. Right. And and it also explains, you know, why your injury, you know, you talked about just. <laughs> oh, it was terrible. Being being a mess and and just really struggling. And, you know, when you're when you're doing it for yourself, that's one thing. But when you're, you're right. yourself out there for someone else, it, it it puts a different meaning behind it for sure. Yeah. I mean, when I had those two injuries and I had to change everything, I had already said yes to doing this. And, and so I definitely, I definitely felt like I failed. Uh, even though I didn't like, she was, she's like, you didn't fail. You know, you're just trying to take care of your body. But me, it just going from zero to 60, I just felt like I didn't want to take that break. I didn't want to um, stop. And the fact I had to stop, I just completely felt like I failed. And so luckily, quickly, I, I just was like, it's going to be fine. You're going to get reorganized and then you're going to do this. So when I first started training again, I was pretty nervous to get injured again. And I mean, it was, I spent the first couple of weeks having a lot of anxiety about just every little pain I felt. I was like, I don't know, you know, and, and then I just, one night I was just like, you know, if it's meant to be, it's going to, it's going to happen. You know, you can't sit here and, and worry the whole four months of training about aches and pains. They just come, you know? And so when a couple of weeks ago, when we first got the MS website up, I was, I was really nervous to get it up because then it was like, okay, we're committing to this. And I just, that, I just didn't want to fail. So, but no matter what, at this point now, I'm like, even if I got injured, I'm doing it. Like there's no taking me out at this point. Let's hope. So, but I will literally crawl, <laughs> crawl if I have to. We're doing this. I'm in it. Like I'm just, there's no, that's not an option. Right. And, and the website, the fundraiser is linked in your bio and Instagram. Yes. Correct? Yeah. People can access it from there. It's pretty simple. You can donate. We're looking for donations. If people like to help, I mean, what's nice about the MS Society is she gets a ton of help from them for they pay for her medication and they help her pay for some medical expenses like MRIs, things like that. Um, so it's not like your money's just going for like a cure. It's going towards also helping her pay for those expenses, you know, because medical expenses are expensive anyways. So the fact that it's actually going to help her as well is something that, you know, is nice to get behind. Yeah. That's pretty amazing. I, I didn't realize that Yeah, they did that. That's awesome. 
yeah, I didn't either until she told me. And so I was like, oh, well, that's helpful. You know, people can, I think people can get behind that a little bit more. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think there's definitely people that'll want to do it just, just in general, but, you know, knowing that people who are, who are suffering through this actually are, are really seeing benefits of people donating. I think that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, when I first signed, when I first set this up, I wasn't sure what we were going to get. You know, it's, it's definitely something that's hard for me to ask for, but it's not for me. It's for her. And, and I would do anything for her and she knows how much she means to me. And, and I definitely want to do this for her and I will cross that finish line on December 19th. And yeah, it's all for her. It's, I would do anything for her. So, um, it's, it's a great cause to get behind. Yeah, that's awesome. And because you've had to push it off with, with the injury, you had to change the course you were going to run. Yeah. Because obviously it's going to be a lot colder in December. There could be snow up in the mountain, um, which is where you were originally planning, correct? Yeah, I was starting. I was going to start at um, Copper, run all the way to the tram trail, up tram trail, up La Luz, to the crest, and then do North Crest for down for 10 miles, back up for 10 miles, and then finish on South Crest. But yeah, when I when I changed, when I had to change the date with the injuries, um, that was another thing that came with that. When I had that injuries, I knew everything would have to change at that point. And so I just thought, okay, I was not going to run road. Like I'm done with road. I'm pretty much a trail runner forever. And, um, and so it was like, okay, well, how do you get 50 miles down here? Because moving in it to, into December, there's going to be snow up there. If not now, after a couple of weeks ago, I'm not really sure what it looks like up there currently, but it's just, you just know, probably in December, there's going to be snow. And so I moved it down here in the foothills, starting at copper, basically running all the way to the tram and then back on the 365 trail, all the way back to copper. And one loop should be just a little over 25 miles. And so I'm just going to do two loops of that. I have stops at some of the trail lots up there. And so really that kind of worked out for everybody. And then Noah's going to come back in at mile 32 at Spain right there, um, right after Embudito and, and do that whole loop and then back to copper. And, and so, yeah, that's, that's my option for now. That's uh, are you excited that it's going, that it's, that's like, you're getting closer. Like you've got the website uh, set up and everything and just, it's, it's, getting closer to actually happening. Yeah, it's, I'm really kind of, I, I keep telling myself that I need to be more excited because I am excited, but it, I'm already looking at because six weeks now. And so, but, you know, this is also beginning of, beginning of November. Um, but I'm already looking at it like it's ending, you know, and we're kind of wrapping it up here and and so <laughs> I told myself, quit looking at it like glass half empty, but I am excited. I mean, when we got the website up, it was really exciting because it was like, okay, this is really making it official now. So yeah, I mean, it's, it's ending and I'm not looking for, I'm really not looking forward to it ending, but I'm looking forward to going out and really seeing what I can do with it. And I have my, of course the time goal for it. And yeah, I mean, it's just more what do you do after this and where do you go? Well, and I think that's, um, 
the interesting thing and, and based on what you've kind of done in the past, I'm sure it's going to be, I'm sure you're going to have a next goal. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be intense. <laughs> I'm sure I don't know how to like, you know, I was thinking about that today. I don't really know how to, um, I enjoy the ultra running. Like it's just a lot. It's, I love the training for it. I mean, I just really enjoy being out there for hours and, and just running on trail. I mean, how could you be upset with that? And every weekend I just like going out and running and, and seeing how I feel and adapting for it and adjusting. And, and so, but I, I think my plan after this is to possibly try to get into some 50 K's actually races next year and kind of seeing what I can really do on a course that I don't know. And not, not necessarily up against others. Yes. But just, it's always been about seeing what I can do for me. Like always, what can I push? How can, how can I make this harder? You know? <laughs> and I'm sure eventually I don't doubt I wouldn't consider a hundred miler down the road. Well, hopefully you take a little time after the 50 yeah. miles. <laughs> yeah, I definitely will. I mean, I'm not sure. I keep telling myself I need to take at least, at least a month. I probably should take a couple months. Uh, and I think I probably should really force myself. It's hard. It's, it's tough taking those breaks, you know, when you love it so much. But I also think I was thinking about it today and I, and I was thinking that when you take those breaks, it kind of just keeps that wanting to come back to keep wanting, wanting to come back to, to keep wanting to push harder, um, that drive going, I guess, you know, and so that's kind of the plan is to go for some hikes. I want to take my mom on some walks, you know, on some hikes. And I plan on going hiking with friends and I'm not sure how much running wise I'll cut back. I probably will try to keep it under, tw I'd like to say tw 10. <laughs> I wanted to say 12 just now um, or 16, you know, but <laughs> See, it's just tough. It's a struggle within me to take that break. But I also think it's definitely needed to um, want to come back and to push again. Absolutely. It, it's hard. It's hard for, I think, anybody who, who loves running and, and being out there. Yeah. And just, you know, like you said, listening to nature or just being alone with your thoughts or even yeah. just getting a moment to yourself with music or podcasts or, you know, whatever it is you're, you're running with, it's, it's, it's your time or your time with friends. Mm -hmm. and so it's hard to say, yeah, I'm going to take a break from something that makes me happy. Yeah. I just, it's such a struggle. It's such a struggle for me, you know, and, and, um, I just don't, I just like having the goal of going out every week and, and just seeing what I've got and just, adjusting for it you know fueling's been a whole new thing this go with it and so that was kind of fun testing that for this 50 miler was actually testing some real food and and so it's like every time you're just learning more and so it's it's just fun to focus on something like that where you know when it's over you're like kind of go well now what you know and I'm just not good at sitting now <laughs> you know it's it's tough. So I need, I'm already like, okay, you got to have like some, some goals. And I do need to cut the miles back as much as I hate it. It's just something that needs to be done. 
I, I agree. And I, I think that's a, a great spot to stop for today, wrap it up. I think I'm excited to, to know how this turns out. And, you know, I, I'm hoping that, you know, people listening will go ahead and check out your, your Instagram page and, and donate. Um, and obviously I'll have you yeah, tagged in the episode and everything. And sounds good. Yeah. And, and so my final question for you is what are you listening to that's kind of getting you pumped, getting you motivated, uh, maybe getting you out that door or just ready for work or whatever it is? I mean, it could vary from day to day, but I really, I mean, I listen to a lot of the distillers. Um, nice. One of my favorite songs is The Blackest Years. Um, Sick of It All is another song that's great. Um, Rage Against the Machine is always a good one. Always. Uh, Freedom. I don't care how much I've listened to that song. The end just, I mean, that that <laughs> probably is like one of the top. Um, People of the Sun's another one. Bulls on Parade. Things like oh, that. Yeah. Probably those two are, are good ones. Um, it's a lot. It's a hard one to narrow down for me because I love all music. Oh, yeah, I think. <laughs> yeah, it's it, a tough one. It's, uh, it's, it's, I, that's why I love asking the question. It just is so interesting to hear, you know, what everybody thinks. And, you know, it's everybody's, most people have a ton of different things that they listen to. Yeah, I don't doubt it. I mean, it, I mean, I would never be like country because <laughs> that, that doesn't get me going. But, you know, for me, those are, those are some good ones. Awesome. Well, thank you again. I appreciate your time. Is there anything else you'd like to add before I let you go? I mean, just for people out there who are curious to see if they can maybe push themselves to that next higher mileage, just go, just don't be afraid. Just don't hesitate. Don't hesitate. You won't regret it. Just push your limits. It's, it's worth it. Thank you for taking the time to join me today. If you can, please rate and review, but most importantly, spread the word so we can grow this community. If you know of any runners that deserve a shout out or should be interviewed, or you just want to share your runs and connect with other people, use the hashtag runningnm on Twitter and Instagram. You can also follow me at runningnm on both these platforms. If you prefer to reach out by email, you can find me at runningnewmexico at gmail.com. Music was provided by Philip Friedman. You can follow him on SoundCloud under DJ Teach. And until next time, keep running, New Mexico.